0: they finally had stability at the position yet like it always seems to go for the 49ers disaster has struck that's the focus of today's tdn daily and welcome into the monday edition of the tdn daily podcast chris schubert back with you once again woof Take a deep breath. What a weekend we had. Conference Championship Saturday in college football. Sunday, a wild week 13 slate uh, in the NFL with major, major playoff implications. Teams moving all over the place. We had a tie in the National Football League. So a very, very busy and eventful weekend in the world of football. And unfortunately, a very similar storyline is developing with the San Francisco 49ers. That is going to be the focus, the spotlight of today's program. But before we jump into all of that I got to tell you about our friends over at bet online basketball's back and bet online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting needs this season you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends over at bet online and as your continued source for all of your sports wagering information bet online features live betting free contests and giveaways all season long they're always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like NFL NBA NHL MMA tennis boxing or even golf All you got to do, you guys know the drill by now, head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You just got to make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. And it is a very, very bittersweet Monday, victory Monday for the San Francisco 49ers. They win a very tough, they win a very contested game against the Miami Dolphins. They moved to 8-4. and four. They continue to have their hold over the NFC West. They are hanging in the mix for a top seed, a top spot in the NFC playoff picture. They have a defense that, for a- another game, looked very good in the second half. We know the stretch that they have been on in, uh, in terms of allowing points in the second half that continued through at least the third quarter in the game yesterday. They did what they normally do on offense, with Christian McCaffrey being a heav- heavily... Uh, f- a heavy focus and focal point of what they want to do but the big thing and the thing that I, I think the only thing that we should be talking about is early in the first quarter of this football game Jimmy Garoppolo looked like he rolled up his ankle a little bit we we learned later that it is a broken foot and he is going to be out for the remainder of the season so Brock Purdy stepped into the remainder of the game Mr. Irrelevant the backup quarterback there uh, in San Francisco and played Good enough to win a football game for the San Francisco 49ers. And we'll talk about Brock Purdy and the remainder of the season for the San Francisco 49ers. But I can't help but feel for 49ers fans today. Listen, you got a good football team. You probably have a great football team if Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. You're 8-4. and four, You play good on defense. You have all those weapons on offense. We did a show on this podcast a couple of weeks ago where we talked about how the 49ers are a team that needs to be talked about more when it comes to the NFC playoff picture and that they might be considered a favorite. Even though their record is not what the Philadelphia Eagles, record is that they should probably be talked about in that way because they had been there they had done that they do the things you're supposed to do well they play defense they can run the football they have a otherworldly running back and they got a quarterback who knows what he's doing and has played in big time games in the playoffs and has gotten it done he's played in multiple nfc championship games has gone to the super bowl right that was what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago and they've backed it up with a couple of wins over the last couple of weeks continuing to be in the mix and like it seems to always happen for for the San Francisco 49ers, and this has kind of been the Jimmy Garoppolo era, and really since they moved up and traded all that draft capital to get Trey Lance a couple of years ago, it just feels as they have not been able to have the stability that they need to have at the position. They went up number three overall and draft the Trey Lance to be the future Jimmy Garoppolo was the now but Trey Lance was the future they wanted an upgrade they thought the ceiling with Jimmy Garoppolo they needed to break through that a little bit and so Trey Lance was gonna be the guy yeah he's raw yeah he doesn't have that many snaps in comparison to some of the other quarterbacks in that class and he's raw and he's gonna have to work through some stuff but we've got Jimmy Garoppolo as our short-term answer, Trey can sit behind behind Jimmy, learn, develop, we can take him along slowly, and then we'll be ready to go. And this was supposed to be the year that that happened. And we talked about this in that in that podcast that I did a couple of weeks ago. The best thing that might have happened for the 49ers, unfortunately for Trey Lance, is they had stability at the position When Trey Lance went down and Jimmy G had to take over because you know what you have in Jimmy G you don't have to play the will they won't they with Jimmy Garoppolo once he decided to come back and once they were able to restructure his deal for him to return for another season if Trey started to struggle for a team that everywhere else is really ready to go and it's playing out that way look at what they are doing on the field. If Trey started to struggle, would the calls for Jimmy G to take over be really loud? Well, we didn't get to that point because Trey got hurt and Jimmy took over. And I said this, stability, stability, stability is what they have. And now they've lost all of the stability that they thought that they had now that Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot and he's out for the season. Because now they are turning to a seventh-round selection, Mr. Revellement, Brock Purdy, and they are going to ask him to carry an 8-4 and four football team. They are going to ask him to carry a team that's currently leading in the NFC West. They are going to ask him to carry a defense and offensive skill players that are ready to win now and are in a position to be one of the top teams in the NFC. They are going to ask that kid to continue and pick up where Jim and Garoppolo left off. It is a tall order. It's not like Jimmy G's Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Justin Herbert, but it is a tall order because even when Trey Lance was was healthy and playing, there is one thing that you knew you got with Jimmy Garoppolo. You got a guy that understood what this offense was. You got a guy that understood what the expectations were of the coaching staff, knew where to throw the football, and more often than not, didn't make the big mistake. He certainly tries to at times, That's the Jimmy Garoppolo special. I remember a playoff game uh, against Dallas. I remember a playoff game against Green Bay in particular. You, You certainly can try at times with Jimmy Garoppolo to try to give the game away. But more often than not, specifically this year you've seen it, especially after that Chiefs game, that this team with this quarterback, they do what they need to do offensively. They don't make it any more difficult than it has to be. Because when you have George Kittle, when you have Debo Samuel, when you have Brandon Ayuk, when you have Christian McCaffrey, it's pretty easy. Get the ball in those players' hands, do the little things right, and let those guys make plays. Listen, we talked about Odell Beckham Jr. being a potential landing spot, the 49ers being a potential landing spot for him, because if he really, truly wants to make that Super Bowl run, really wants to go to a team that's all in, there can't be a team that's more all in than a team that traded a second and a third for Christian McCaffrey and really put their chips in the middle so that's how this team was viewed and so to be dealt a major blow Brock Purdy's a relatively unknown commodity had some mop-up duty in a game once this was the first real game action that he had that was of consequence and he played well he didn't play great he played well How much of that is you're playing a team that wasn't preparing for Brock Purdy in the week, and now that more teams are going to be able to see what he did on film this week, they're going to be able to game plan better and make it more difficult for him. He's a young player. He's going to make mistakes. 49ers can't really afford to go through growing pains with Brock Purdy. But they felt comfortable enough for Brock Purdy to be their backup quarterback. And can you blame them? Think of the quarterbacks that we've seen in this system be able to show spurts of I don't want to say brilliance, but spurts of quality quarterback play. Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard. These are the names of quarterbacks that have been able to find success. Long term, no. But short term, yes. Success at the quarterback position. And they've got enough skill position players that they don't have to ask Brock Purdy to be a home run hitter. They don't have to ask him to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game. They've got Christian McCaffrey for a reason, and even more now than when they made the trade and gave up that draft capital to get Christian McCaffrey. They need to lean on the guy wearing 23 in the backfield. They need to lean on the guy wearing 19. George Kittle, probably going to be Brock Purdy's best friend. A young quarterback, one of his favorite targets is a tight end. And if there is a positive to this, right? I'm going to try to be positive here on the show. We, start, we did this last Monday, a positive Monday here on the show. You've got a coach, a head coach, If there's one thing he knows how to do, it's scheme players open. He's got an offense that is a very good scheme. And Brock Purdy, at least yesterday, showed he understands the scheme. He made some throws into some weird windows that ultimately worked, but he's got trust in his players. Gave it to Debo Samuel a couple times for some yak opportunities. They've got George Kittle. They've got Debo Samuel. This team has enough playmakers that if they keep it simple for Brock Purdy and they let him just get the ball to his playmakers – and get them in space good things are going to happen for this football team can Brock do it consistently enough is Kyle Shanahan gonna he knows that a Opposing defensive coordinators are going to know what he's going to try to do, and they're really going to try to take a lot of things away and try to make them one-dimensional. Can Kyle Shanahan adjust to the adjustment, and can Brock Purdy adjust to that adjustment? You're still talking about a young quarterback who doesn't have a ton of experience being asked to lead an 8-4 football team. It is a relative unknown. But if you're going to try to spin it positively, I've seen other quarterbacks be able to thrive in this system, and from a talent perspective, in terms of skill positions, this is the most talented team that we've seen on the 49ers in a long time. McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, George Kittle, they've got options. They've got weapons that Brock Purdy can put 100% trust in that is going to have his back. And if he gets them the ball, good things are going to happen. I said we would go down this road here about Brock Purdy in the future. Let's talk about the NFC playoff picture because, again, this is is a huge blow. Don't get me wrong. I I can say all the positive things in the world about Brock Purdy. They're going to struggle. Because I think teams are going to really try to take away some of the short game stuff. They did a lot of screens. They did a lot of checkdowns to McCaffrey. I think teams are really going to take that stuff away. And dare Shanahan and dare the 49ers and dare Brock Purdy. Okay, let's, let's see what you got, kid. Try to take the ball down the field. And... If they do that, they might play right in uh, to the opposing team's hands. So it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of game plan, what kind of adjustments are going to be able to be made for the 49ers. But let's look at their remaining schedule. We do this on the show all the time. We look at where the team currently sits. And I'm pulling up the standings here, kind of doing a multitasking thing. You know how that normally goes for me. So right now, the San Francisco 49ers, a one-game lead over the Seattle Seahawks in the NFC West. That is important because those two teams have one more game against each other. San Francisco won the first one. So with a San Francisco win in that game, they would sweep the 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 season series and have that ultimate tiebreaker if the two teams were tied. If Seattle wins, then we would go to a different tiebreaker because they would have split the season series. So right now, the 8 and 4 49ers who are turning to Brock Purdy are right now the three seed in the NFC trail Minnesota, they trail Philadelphia. Again, we talked about it. this is a team that is behind those, those teams, but you feel pretty good about the coach-quarterback combo who have been there, done that before. You feel really good about the way the defense is playing, and you feel really good about the skill position players. Well, we, we've changed the equation a little bit because we're putting Brock Purdy in there. So for the 49ers, here is the schedule the remainder of the season. They've got the Bucks coming up at their home. They have to go to Seattle, they host the Commanders, they're at the Raiders, and they're home against the Cardinals. And I think the question you have to ask yourself is, what is the magic number? What number do the San Francisco 49ers have to get to in order to all but assure themselves of a playoff spot if they were to maybe slip behind the Seattle Seahawks? Because right now they're winning the division. And if Seattle stumbles along the way, and the 49ers are just able to match what the Seahawks do on a weekly basis, then the Seahawks, and then the 49ers are going to be in, they're going to host a playoff game, and they're going to be fine. So what's the magic number to just get into the playoffs? Well, right now, the, the 49ers are 8-4. and four. Here are the records of the three wildcard teams, the three at-large bids, you could say, in the NFC. You have the Cowboys at 9-3, you have the Giants at 7-4-1, and, and you have the Seahawks at 7-5. The 7-5-1 uh, Washington Commanders in 8th, and then in ninth you have the 5-7 Detroit Lions, uh, who won another one yesterday and continued to maybe make a surprising playoff push here late into the season. So, you have a tie that's going to throw a wrench into these things. It's going to potentially keep the Giants and Washington in the mix here, although the tie kind of knocked Washington out uh, of a playoff spot and moved Seattle into it with their win, because just based on the winning percentage. But you look at it, and I say the Giants haven't looked particularly good over the last couple of weeks. The Commanders have been red hot, but they tied. Seattle has been able to get it done, but they look like a team that can be beaten at times. And Dallas, I, I don't think you look at Dallas as a team that's really, like, you're worried about if you fall behind the Seattle Seahawks because there's two other spots, and you'd be pretty close to Dallas record-wise. I think the number's 10. I think if, this, if the San Francisco 49ers can play, they got, what, five games left? They have to play... You know, two and three ball over the remainder of the season to get to 10. I think that's going to be good enough. I think double digit wins is going to be good enough to get yourself in to the postseason. So then you start to play the game of which two can you get? Well, you feel really good, I think, about playing the Commanders at home. I know the Commanders are a playoff team and you're really going to want to circle that one depending on how the next two weeks go for the 49ers because that game on Christmas Eve could have major ramifications if Seattle gets hot the 49ers struggle over the next two weeks and lose one to Seattle. The 49ers could be in the wild card race and then you're looking at a game with the commanders that is going to be of the utmost importance for both teams but I look at this and I say I see two maybe three really winnable games I think the commanders at home is a winnable football game for the 49ers I think the last game of the season where they host the Cardinals is a winnable football game because I don't know what state the Cardinals are going to be in and if they're already eliminated by that point and they're teetering there anyway at four and eight how uh, Cliff, Kyler, how much engagement is there really, truly going to be from the team? It's a home game for the 49ers. Yeah, maybe the Cardinals would be interested in in being the the spoiler and and doing something to the 49ers playoff hopes but I just don't know how really engaged that team might be if things really kind of spiral out of control so I look at that game and then I think being able to go to to Vegas I know Vegas is playing really good football as late it's great to see it's great to see Derek Carr thrive and that team kind of turn it around but I think they can go and win that game as well and so if you do that you're going to get to 11 and that certainly is going to be able to put you in in the NFC playoff picture so I get it I can understand you wake up today as a 49ers fan and and you go oh no here we go again and, and it's true oh no here we go again is the right way to feel about it because stability and the 49ers quarterback situation is not something that has been been commonplace. Now, Jimmy G, speaking of stability, this guy's going to go into free agency this year and be coming off of a broken foot, and last year came off of an injury, had to get shoulder surgery in the offseason, and he's missed time in the past. So You have an oft-injured quarterback who's able to do enough things to get his team to a conference championship, to a Super Bowl, but are you going to be able to have him for 17 games? So that storyline is going to develop, not now but during the offseason, when teams try to address their quarterback situation for the long term. So that's an interesting thing to kind of file away, and we'll talk about when the offseason comes and free agency rolls in. But stability has not been been kind to the 49ers when it comes to the quarterback position, but I don't want all hope to be lost here. I think there's a schedule that's conducive. I think you just have to put the immense trust into the coaching staff and the immense trust into the skill position players that you do have. And, and you really got to stay healthy the rest of the way at, 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 on offense, right? You can't afford to lose a Debo Samuel for a couple of weeks. You can't afford to lose a George Kittle. You can't afford to lose. You just need those guys. You need Christian McCaffrey. You need those guys to be healthy because if you have all hands on deck to be able to help Brock Purdy, I think you're going to be able to do enough. I do think this certainly deals a huge blow to them being a contender in the NFC. I, I don't know how you can pick a Brock Purdy led 49ers team with the information that we have now here on December 5th as a team that's going to win multiple playoff games. If they get a home playoff game because they win the division, right now they host the Giants. I'd feel pretty good about picking them in that game. But after that, it, it it feels like a very hard path for them to be able to get the quarterback play that they need to be able to get to the postseason. But we'll see. The best part about it is we got five games to see what Brock Purdy is going to be able to do for this football team and see if he's going to be able to turn things around. And, and if he's able to pick up where Jimmy G left off and it's not a problem and and they can continue to thrive, well, okay, we need to have a, a separate conversation, but we're just entering an unknown. We're entering an unknown territory for a team that has dealt with a lot over the, cu- the last couple of seasons. And it doesn't feel as if they that answer, that long-term answer, that long-term stability is coming anytime soon. That's going to do it for the Monday edition of the TDN daily podcast. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with me here on a Monday 49ers, the biggest story uh, of the weekend for sure. Because yeah, they get a win. Yeah, they they do what they need to do in the NFC West and the NFC playoff picture, but dealt a huge blow that leaves the entire rest of their season and their playoff and championship aspirations uh completely into the darkness. So we will see what they are going to be able to do over the next five games. Thanks as always to Bet Online for their continued support of the podcast. I hope everybody makes it a great Monday. I'll talk to everybody tomorrow.